Lord, it's awesome to come before your throne of grace. And what an amazing freedom we have to gather together. I think about places even like Cuba and other places that we support around the world that they can't gather like this. They don't have those freedoms. So God, thank you for the freedoms that we have. Lord, thank you for the men and women in our military that fight for the freedoms that we have. Thank you for the families that support them um, so that we can gather together in your name. Lord, thank you for blessing us uh, with the freedom that we have in you. If we know you, Jesus, then we know freedom. Freedom from our sin. Freedom from uh, all the, the suffering that sin causes. Lord, you are a good, good God. Lord, I pray as we open your word this morning that you would teach us and that you would lead us. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. I got to start off by saying thank you to Pastor David Swicegood and Pastor Smiley Sturgis who filled in for me for the last two weeks while I was suffering on the Love Like You Mean It cruise uh, with, with my wife. I have to tell you, listen, now is the time to do it. They do it every February during Valentine's Day. You should just start saving now. Just start putting away a little money. Go on their website at Family Life. Um, dot com and just book the cruise for next year, okay? You should just do it. Uh, it's an amazing way for you to invest in your marriage. And if you can't get away for a week, I really encourage you to go to their weekend to remember. Uh, they have them all over the place, but there is going to be one here in World Golf Village at the end of March. So if you just go to, just type in weekend to remember in Google. And if you type in good news in the code box when you check out, you get $100 off weekend to remember. It's well worth your time to invest in your marriage. Marriage is amazing, but it can be really difficult. And so we need to fight for our marriages. We need to invest in our marriages. And so I really encourage you to do that. So thank you uh, for uh, filling in for me while I was gone, the two pastors that did that. Thank you to the grandparents. You guys are amazing watching our kids uh, while we were gone and, and getting away. And um, this morning, I get to talk about... Uh, several of my heroes, actually. And we're going to start off with a little bit more of a modern hero, and that's my, my dad, Mike Herco. It's his birthday today, by the way, and so uh, I want to say happy birthday to Mike. He turned 64 today, and that's a picture of him and I golfing. We do that all the time. That's our hobby together. And every single time we go golfing together, the people that are checking us in, they're like, oh, Herco and Herco, brothers golfing together. Every single time. So I'm not sure if that's a compliment of him or if that's ministry life just been really hard on me. I don't know which one it is. But um, just so grateful for, for my dad, just one of my really great friends, and to see his faith in action all the time. He loves serving people, and he's not perfect, but he loves serving people. He has a giftedness of, of working, on, uh, working on cars, and he's served many people in the church, tried to help them out, and I'm just so grateful to have a, a hero uh, in, my, in my life. And another one of my heroes is Enoch, and uh, that's not his actual picture. They didn't, uh, they didn't have ph photography then, but a depiction of what uh, he looked like. And we're going to talk about him this morning because we've been walking through Genesis. If you're new here this morning, we're so glad that you're here. We're spending the year walking through Genesis because we feel like it's important to know the foundation of our faith. And 
There's no better place to start the foundation of our faith than Genesis, which means origins. It's the origin of our lives. It's the beginning of a redemptive story that unfolds throughout all of Scripture. It starts in, in Genesis 3, where the fall of man happened, and ends in Revelation 22, the story of Jesus pursuing us and redeeming us. And so we're getting to know God better as we're walking through Genesis. We believe that we're called to be disciples that make disciples. And the way that we define the disciple at Good News is someone that follows Jesus, that loves Jesus, that loves one another. So you can look around to the people around you. You're supposed to love those people around you. We're supposed to love one another. And we're supposed to love the lost, people that are far away from God. And you guys know, I've talked about it many times, over 200,000 people in this county that are lost. They have no idea about the goodness of God. And so we're called to be disciples that make disciples. And a, a way that you do that is by walking with God. And Enoch was a man that walked with God. As, as we get to Genesis chapter 5, a lot has happened in the world already. There was creation, and then Adam and Eve ruined that. Way to go, Adam and Eve, with their sin. And that sin has gone from generation to generation. And by the time we reach Genesis 5, the, there's been generations of people that have had sin uh, in their life. And you see this split, really, of people. And it comes from Adam, of course. It comes from his line. And his line, seven generations down, reaches a point where you have Enoch on one side. And Enoch, as you'll see in this message, he walks with God. He's a righteous man. He stands up for things of God. He stands up for truth and love. And on the other side of the family tree, still seven generations down, if you saw a family tree going two separate directions, you have Lamech. And Lamech was definitely not a follower of God. In fact, you would say that he was a follower of the evil one. So here are two descendants going in two completely opposite directions. And you have to talk about them both when you talk about Enoch because you see the difference it makes when you walk with a holy and mighty God. So we pick up the story here in Genesis chapter 5. There's not many uh, verses that talk about, that talk about um, Enoch in the Bible and so we're going to read all, basically all of them that talk about him. We're going to read in Genesis chapter 5 and then Hebrews chapter 11. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If not, you can look up on the screen. And it's cool when you preach through a book of the Bible because I normally wouldn't preach on Enoch. But I'm so glad I spent time thinking about him this week and, and seeing the model he had of walking with God. And so here's uh, Genesis 5. We pick up the story that we've been reading through. And after he became the father of Jared, Mahalalel lived 830 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Mahalalel lived 895 years and then he died. When Jared had lived 162 years, he became the father of Enoch. And after he became the father of Enoch, Jared lived 800 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Jared lived 962 years and then he died. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. And after he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked with God for 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived 365 years. Enoch walked with God and there was no, no more because God took him away. Now, when you read through this, you have to stop and say, whoa, people are living a long time then. Why don't we live that long anymore? Well, theologians almost all agree that the reason why it changed is 
shortly after the flood, you see people's lifespans getting a lot shorter. So many people believe that when the flood happened, uh, because of the way that it changed the complexion of the environment, it changed different bacterias, it changed because our sin was growing over time and, and, and duplicating and multiplying, that now we live the life, lifespan that we live. But people certainly then lived a long time, and it's so cool that Enoch had 300 years of his life to walk with God. You walk with God for 300 years, you can learn an awful lot. When you get sanctified, by the Spirit for 300 years, uh, you can really grow a lot in wisdom and in faith. And that certainly happened. Enoch is in the Faith Hall of Fame in Hebrews chapter 11. This is what it says about him there. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life, so he did not experience death. How cool is that? He was just walking with God with his life. And one day he went on a walk with God, and God just said, You know what? You're closer to me than the sinful people on this earth. Let's go. He's only one of two people recorded in the Bible that didn't experience death. The other was Elijah when he was taken in the chariot of fire. And so he, he didn't experience death. He walked with God so closely uh, that he got to just go home with God. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So that's the main point for this morning, is that it's impossible to please God without faith. And we see this man, Enoch, who walked by faith, and he walked with God. And because of that, there were generations and generations of people that were affected. And that's why he's one of my heroes. And I love that he was just an ordinary guy. I love that God uses ordinary people. Isn't that awesome? I mean, if he didn't use ordinary people, I couldn't be up here, okay? There, there's, there's nothing special about me. I think sometimes people come into a church, depending on their background, they're like, oh, the holy man, the holy pastor. Listen, you guys that have been here some amount of time, you know that's not true. I'm a sinful person that has, has many different struggles, and I desperately need Jesus. And the cool thing about seeing how Enoch walked with God is that he was used in a powerful way, and he was ordinary, and he can use you, and he can use me. And that's how God seems to work, is that he works through our weaknesses. He works through things that we, we struggle with. So if you're going through a time right now where you're struggling or you feel weak, I want you to know that God can very easily use that, and he often does for his glory. And so we don't have to have it all together for God to use us. We don't have to have everything perfect for God to use us. In fact, God very frequently uses that weakness or uses those ordinary things for his glory. And he certainly did that in Enoch's life. As you look through Genesis, an interesting thing happens. And Genesis 5 kind of reads like a court document. It basically names someone, how long they live, and how many sons and daughters they had. And then you'll see a pattern of what it says here. It says a phrase over and over and over again. I think you'll pick up on it quickly, probably because I put it up in red. So it's pretty easy to see. Seth lived 105 years, and then he had Enosh, and they had sons and daughters, and he died. And then Enosh lived, and he had Kenan, and, and, Ken and then he had sons and daughters, and then he died. And then Kenan lived, and had sons and daughters, and then he died. And then Mahalalel lived, and he had sons and daughters, then he died. And Jared lived, you see this over and over. And then we get to Enoch, and something different happens here. It says that he walked with God, and God took him. And then you look in, 
in the Hebrews passage and you see that he walked with God and God took him away. See, in the Hebrew account of what happened with, with Enoch, we see lots of things just from this short passage. We see one that Enoch believed in God. He believed in the true God. We see that he sought God's reward, and we'll talk about that. We'll see that he walked with God and what that means for us as believers in, in God. He set an example for us to walk with God by faith, and we'll see what that means for us. And then he preached the word of God. See, without faith, it's impossible to please him. And Enoch knew that. He knew that he wanted to be close to a God who amazing characteristics. And so I want to put up some of these on the screen. These are all from Scripture. This is who God is. This is the God that Enoch walked with and that we can walk with too. Do you believe these things about God, that he's the creator, the life giver, that he's self-sufficient, that he's omnipresent, that he has omnipotence, that he's omniscient, that he's all-powerful, that he's all-knowledgeable, that he's sovereign, that he's eternal, that he has immutability, that he can't change his nature, he can't change his mind, he can't, he, he can't go one direction one way, and then we think we're following after a God that's good, and all of a sudden he goes the opposite direction. That's not God's nature. He's, per, he's perfect, he's holy, he's wise. And Enoch knew in his 300 years of walking with him, he got to know this God. And the cool thing about, about this for you and I is that we can all know this God too. This is not a far away God. This is a close God that each and every one of us can know him in a personal way. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that amazing that all these things, a holy and mighty God, you think that he'd be far away, inaccessible. He's so holy that sinful people couldn't come before him. But because of what happened through Jesus, because of his relationship with us, because of his love for us, we can know him in a personal way. Isn't that great? That means that the struggles that you go through, you can come to him with. It means the joys that you, you have in life, you can come to him with. You can rejoice and be glad in his presence, just like Enoch did. Because he understood that he could know God. And because he walked with God, he was influenced so much in his life. So much so that not only was he just taken to heaven, but he had generations after him that followed after God. And we're still seeing the results of that now. He walked with God throughout his whole life. He knew God. And the only way to walk with God now is for us to trust in the true God. To trust in the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In John uh, chapter 14, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Enoch was believing in the redemption to come through Jesus, just like we believe in the redemption that happened through Jesus. And so I encourage you, if you've never put your faith and trust in Christ, that you would do that. Because as Enoch sought God's reward, we can too. And his reward is getting to know him and trust in him, have life abundant and life eternal. The most righteous thing that a human can do is to seek salvation and reward from a holy God. In Psalm 58, in, Psalm, I mean, in Proverbs 11, it talks about uh, the reward that we receive seeking after God. Then men will say, surely the righteous, righteous are still rewarded. Surely there's a God who judges the earth. 
In Proverbs 11, it says, The wicked man earns deceptive wages, but he who sows righteousness reaps a sure reward. Enoch knew this. He knew that when he walked with God, he would get the reward of his righteousness. He'd get the reward of his wisdom. He'd get the reward of knowing a holy and awesome and mighty God. And that's why the action step for this message is to take a step of faith because that's, that's what he did, right? That's what he did. He took a step of faith. He walked with God. And when you walk with people, there's something really special that happens. I know the cliche thing of the romantic walks on the beach, but there's something to that, right? Because when we're walking uh, with someone special to us, we get to know them better. We're actually doing life together. I got to experience this uh, on the cruise uh, this past week. We were in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Woo-woo, yeah. I got some, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's an amazing place. It's actually a lot like St. Augustine. And we had signed up for an excursion to go eat Puerto Rican food. I was pumped about this, all right, because it involved eating mainly. That was the reason why I was pumped. And so I thought, and everyone else that was on the excursion thought, we're going to get off the ship and we're going to go to a, a Puerto Rican kitchen and have some monfongo. Am I saying that right? Monfongo. Okay, thank you. It was delicious, okay? But what happened to get there is that we did not go straight to a kitchen to eat food. We went on a three and a half hour walk first, okay? Now, now, this is totally first world problems here, okay? The, don't, don't feel too sorry for me. I was on a cruise, okay? But when you're thinking you're going to eat right away, we didn't eat on the ship. We're thinking we're going to have all this food, and we just keep walking and walking and walking. And we got to Torres San Juan. It was beautiful, but we were hungry. But what happened was something really cool. As we were walking together, all these people that were in anguish about their hunger pains, we started sharing life together, and we started talking together, and all these strangers came together, and we were sharing emails with each other, and, and social media handles, and how to contact each other afterward, and it was an amazing thing to see how just a walk, a walk together changed everything, and that was only three and a half hours. Imagine walking with God for 300 years. Now, none of us are probably going to do that, but imagine walking with God for your whole life. Imagine the wisdom that you're going to learn. Imagine the closeness of God. Imagine the courage that you're going to gain to be obedient. And again, obedience does take courage, doesn't it? Imagine all the things that you can learn, the truths that you can learn, the things that can affect your marriage, your family, your life. And that's why we encourage you to come together and worship. That's why we encourage you to come to church in a small group and be a part of community because there's no other place in the world that's going to encourage you to walk with God, right? None of you guys are going to your workplace, right? Or very few of you and your boss is saying, hey, you know what, today I want you to walk with God. Not many of you students are going to your classroom and your teachers are saying, you should walk with God. There's not many places on earth that will do that. And that's why we're so, I'm so glad to gather together as brothers and sisters in Christ to walk with God. And Enoch got to experience the truths of God. One of my favorite ways to express the truths of God is by experiencing them with you through game show. So that's what we're going to do this morning. Does anybody want to help me out? Anybody want to play a game? Oh, I saw you, Brandon. You just, Brandon Kellogg was like, I've been here before. I've seen you hand out things before. All right, Brandon, we're going to play Let's Make a Deal. All right, Brandon, you excited about that? I think we even have some music. There we go. Look at that. We're on a real game show. All right, Brandon, you get a penny. You get a penny, okay? You have a choice. 
You can keep that penny or you can make a deal and trade it for the bag that I have right here. What would you like to do? You're going to trade it. That's a very wise decision because we have a very nice gift card here for you. So there you go. Congratulations. Way to go. Oh, you, no, you have to give me the penny. I get the penny back. Congratulations. Give it up for Brandon. Now, what awesome theological truth did I just show? I just showed an, a, a trade that, that was way off balance, right? A deal that was way off balance. He traded a penny for a $50 gift card. That was a pretty big upgrade, right? On a spiritual level, we get to do that with Jesus times a million. We get to say, here's my worthless sin, and I'm going to give you that God's going to give you eternal life and his righteousness. It's what theologians call double imputation. You get to give away all your crud to God, and God gives you all of his righteousness, and that's pretty amazing. Enoch knew this, and that's why he walked with God. And you can know it too. See, there was, once was a person that walked with God perfectly. His name was Jesus. And his walk with God was so impressive because his walk, he knew that his walk was going to end at Gal Galgotha. He knew his walk was going to end on the cross. He knew that after he lived a perfect walk with God, he was going to have to take on all of your sin and all of my sin, and all the sin of mankind, the mountain of sin was going to be put upon him in a painful and awful death, yet he still walked perfectly. Isn't Jesus awesome? I mean, all the temptations he could have fallen, all the times he could have walked away from God, he didn't. He didn't because he loves you, and he loves me. And he died an awful death on the cross, and he rose from the dead victorious over our sin. So that trade could happen. That double imputation could happen. All the sin goes on him, and all of his righteousness comes to us. It's the biggest no-brainer of all time, right? Brendan, Brendan didn't struggle with that decision to trade a penny for a gift. No, he didn't have to struggle with it at all. And we don't have to struggle with it either. We, we all have sin. I'm the chief of sinners, okay? We all desperately need Jesus. And so if you've never put your faith and trust in Christ, won't you do that this morning? It's the most amazing decision you could ever make. Giving your sin to Jesus, and he gives you his righteousness and eternal life. And Enoch knew about that and the redemption to come, and that's why he walked with God. And that's why he walked by faith. And he set an amazing example. Next week, we're going to talk about uh, Noah walking with God. And Enoch was Noah's uh, great-grandfather. And he set this amazing example of walking with God that when the world was going against God, every single person was going against God, Noah stood firm with his family. And he stood firm with his family because I believe that he was passed down a legacy of faith through Enoch. And we can have that legacy of faith too as we walk with God. And the way that Enoch stood for the gospel was really, really amazing. One other place that Scripture talks about Enoch is in Jude. In Jude, verses 14 and 15, you see the preacher Enoch come out with truth and love. He says this, See, the Lord is coming with thousands upon thousands of his holy ones to judge everyone 
and to convict all of them of all the ungodly acts they've committed in their ungodliness and all the defiant words ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Listen, Enoch was not a popular preacher. He wasn't being asked to come to conferences. He wasn't being asked to write books, okay? He was an unpopular preacher because he spoke truth and love because as he walked with God, he couldn't help but call out the sin that was around him. As we become more and more the minority as believers in this country, we have to find strength to be able to speak truth and love. And the only way that we're going to do that is by walking with God. None of us have that strength on our own. We need to be empowered by the Spirit so that we can reach out to those that are far away from God, so we can speak truth into the world. Who else is going to do it, church? No one else is going to do it. We are the hope of the church by the Spirit working through us. No one else is going to reach out to those 200,000 people in our county that are far away from Jesus. No one is going to encourage a brother and sister in Christ other than us. There's, there's no plan B. God is going to work through his church. And what an amazing thing that he gets to work through ordinary people like you and me. He doesn't need us, but he chooses to use people like Enoch, people like you, people like me, as we walk with God together. I love the old Puritan Matthew Henry. He said, a life spent in communion with God is the happiest life in the world. Do you believe that? I remember before I became a Christian, before I put my faith in Christ at Flagler College, I was considering coming to faith in Christ. I remember some of my friends on the baseball team telling me that I was crazy considering following Jesus. They would say things like, you're, you're really going to leave a life of hooking up and partying and getting drunk to follow Jesus? I mean, you're going to leave all that fun behind? And to be honest with you, there, there was something I, I was considering. I was thinking, really? Maybe I shouldn't do that. You know, they would, they would say, you're, you're going to leave that behind and you're going to carry around a big Bible and go sing with people in a church building? Really? And I remember thinking, maybe they're right. But I'm so thankful that I had the example of people in my life that were Christ followers, that were filled with joy, that were filled with peace, and I knew I wanted that life that they had. And what I found out was all the things that, that my friends were questioning really wasn't true at all. It's so much more enjoyable to follow after Jesus. Sometimes it is a little bit more difficult to follow after Jesus than to walk the ways of the world, but it's so much more fulfilling, amen? So much more fulfilling following after Jesus. Doesn't mean that we have a perfect life. You know, that our followers of Jesus know that things don't go perfectly. But you get to experience the closeness of God that Enoch got to experience. My friend, Pastor Eric Watkins, he says, God himself is our reward. Well, we've already begun to experience this joy that the communion with him now by the way of our union with Christ the fullness of our reward is something we must continue to seek by faith until we enter glory either by the veil of death or by being caught up alive into heaven. Our great calling is to seek the things of God. And as we do, the things of this world, as the old hymn goes, will go strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Pride, arrogance, self-exaltation, all the things that are ugly of this world, that's the way of Lamech. That's the line of Lamech. The things that are godly, that are good, self-sacrifice, service to others, praying for others, being involved in community, walking with God, that's 
the way of Enoch. That's the way of true believers. I think the most difficult thing in closing here, the most difficult thing that I believe that we have as, as a job as believers in this world is to convince sinners that God isn't the joy stealer. Because I think over and over and over in our world, people are being told that following God is boring. Following God, if you follow God, you'll be judgmental. You'll have to give up all the fun things of life. And you'll have to do all the boring things. But as we see with Enoch, as we see with so many others that follow after Jesus, the life that we have in him is not perfect, but it's life abundant because we know the God of the universe. We know the creator of everything. We know the one that's holy, holy, holy. We know the one that's awesome and amazing. We know the one that has provided in so many ways for us, and we get to know him for all eternity through Jesus if we trust in him. Do you believe that it's good to walk with God? Do you? Think about that this week. Let's pray together. Lord, I'm so grateful that you allowed me to come to know you. I was far away from God. I was doing the way of Lamech. I was sinning against you. I was unrepentant in my sin. Yet when I was far away from you, you called me to you. And I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful that you didn't leave me in my sin. And you've done that with so many others. So I pray, God, that we would walk with you, that we would get to know you more. We get to know you through your word and through your spirit, that we get to know how you're working in our lives, that we would spend time with you so that we could get to know you, so that we would have wisdom that comes from you, that we'd have power that comes from the Holy Spirit, that you would give us strength and might like no other can. Lord, I pray in a world where everything is telling us to walk away from you, that we would encourage our brothers and sisters to walk with you, that you would empower our families and our marriages to have the foundation of you and you alone. You are faithful. You are good. In Jesus' name, amen.